You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network Classics Collection episode. This episode was originally released under our parent podcast, Strange and Beautiful Book Club. Hmm. Kids. Gotta love them. Got any kids? Get some. That's an order. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. It's time for another episode. This one is our Forever Night episode. Forever Night Season 1, Episode 13, Father Figure. Dad bod. <laughs> I feel like you identify strongly with that, that phrase, because you've made that joke every single time I've said father figure. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. It is. It was a good joke the first time, for and sure. it's still a good joke. Is it? Is it? <laughs> It'll grow on you. Just like a dad bod. <laughs> I was waiting for that. That was that. That one was good. That was a good joke. Well, you know, we don't ever put anything at the beginning except shoot the shit and then get going. So let's get going. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. This is episode one, or season one, episode 13. And it is directed by Gary Farmer. LaCroix. Captain Stowtree. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anybody's names. LaCroix is Nigel Bennett. Nigel oh, my Bennett. God. That makes more sense. Yeah, Gary Farmer's Captain Stowtree. <laughs> I don't even, I've just, hang on. I got to like rediscover reality for a second here because you just threw me for a loop. I thought you were kidding. You seriously? Was, I, I was like halfway confident. I just figured I'd you just, go all in hey, you with know the what? statement. It's like shouting what you think is the correct answer in class. Yeah. And might not be, but if it if it is right, you sound really confident. Yeah, I think just sounding work, confident without knowing whether or not you're actually right is basically your personality. So Most of the time, I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm right. Pretty sure. But you don't need to be 100. 80 is fine. 80 is fine. fine. You could run with 80 all day long. Hey, C's get degrees. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> uh, D's get degrees also. <laughs> D is for degree, isn't it? <laughs> Passing grades get degrees, yes. So we get our cold open, our usual cold open, and it's the crime, obviously. It's always the crime. So, uh... 80% of the time. <laughs> and in this case... If you say it confidently <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, there's two crimes. Because first, it's a little girl stealing comic books. Wah, wah. And then she is in the process of fleeing. And she bumps into somebody. And they drop a bunch of papers. And she interrupts this person fleeing from Hitman. From Hitman. Yep, because she then watches as he gets killed. And we get the fun line. Oh, please. 
You should have checked your arithmetic, Marty. You should have checked your arithmetic. Should have checked your arithmetic, Marty. The, the most Canadian, like, aggressive <laughs> hitman statement. <laughs> uh, congratulations. This is the most we're going to spend on this crime pretty much in the entire show. Yeah, the, the actual murder of this guy, Marty. Yeah, this is the longest. should have checked his arithmetic. Should have checked Marty. his arithmetic. And then Lisa says, oh, he got hitman. That's not. Nope. I'm sorry. You're trying to peek again. You hit you hit it with Father Figure and Dad Bod, but don't don't just let it come to you. Okay, don't force it. You could hurt yourself. Well, this this is one of them that just came to me. Uh-huh. And you know, you just shouted it confidently. If I, just, if I just keep being witty, yeah. eventually I'll be clever. Right. You were 80% sure that was going to be funny. So you just ran with it. Yeah. I just shout it with 80% confidence and okay, you were incorrect. So this is interesting because last episode we made a big to-do about the fact that there were so many NPCs and that we chatted with these NPCs at every opportunity. By name. And it really took us out of it because it was like, what, what the actual really distracting. fuck? Why are we talking to all these people? There's four characters. You can't introduce more characters. I can't keep up with this shit. And so at the beginning of this episode, Nick arrives and Skanky's not there. It's another guy. Uh, who I think introduces himself, but who cares? We're never going to see him again. And he delivers this really long, complicated line that looks like it sounds like it was written for Skanky. But, but he says it in like a very thick Indian accent. Yeah. And it's a lot. There's a lot of idioms. He says the whole thing kind of deadpan. I don't know if I would have caught it if I didn't have the subtitles on, but he says stuff like, Looks like they found eraser crumbs on the bottom line. It's like they wrote this for Skanky. And (laughs) then John Capellos couldn't show up right at the beginning of filming or something. So they were like, um, that guy, you do this. Can you be, can you be a detective for like five minutes? And the guy was like, yeah, sure. And so he delivers this line about how this is a mob hit. And this guy was a mob accountant and he was skimming off the top and they caught him. And so they killed him. Uh, Straightforward, easy peasy. No one's going to get convicted. It's the mob, whatever, whatever. And Nick's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Oh, even he even gets some banter with Natalie. Random detective guy gets some back and forth with Natalie where he says uh, something like barn door, you could walk right through it because the guy got hit with two high caliber shells. And Natalie's like, yep, in like a sports car, out like a semi. Oh, I think he says two car garage. Yeah. And she's like, what the? You're like, what is happening? (laughs) Who is this guy? How does Natalie knows more people than Nick because she works with lots of, I mean, she works with everybody. It feels like she only works with Nick, but she actually works with everybody. And she works with several different, she's like the regional coroner. Yes. So she's not only interacting with police officers from her. From from Nick's From Nick's precinct. precinct. Um, But I don't know. Somehow she knows this guy. And yeah, I hope you liked him because we're probably never going to see him again. But Nick does. He has a picture on IMDb. Oh, maybe he's been in other stuff. Yeah. And his name is like... Israel. Yeah. Martin Israel or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Nick hears a heartbeat, which is surprising because there's a 
lot of people milling around. But it's a fast heartbeat, a small heartbeat. Yeah, he hears a child, I guess. I don't know. He's a vampire. He's a 800 years old. A little girl who's nervous because she stole some comic books. And then got saw somebody get killed. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure she's nervous about the guy getting killed way more than the comic books. But um, I don't know. Maybe not. Once we meet this girl, we'll find out. Nothing is straightforward. But I don't know. He's been he's 800. I guess he has time to have honed his. Okay, that's Natalie's heartbeat. That's random dude's heartbeat. Oh, I don't know what that last. It's heartbeat like the is. meme about Superman. Superman can hear every heartbeat on Earth, and he knows exactly one which one is Bruce Wayne's. <laughs> I haven't heard that. You've never seen that? Oh, you are batting I, two for three. I've so. seen that meme like. Five times. I've seen that meme like a bunch. A bunch. Yeah, well, I it's don't... It's a popular meme, honey. I don't surf the meme streams like you do so much, honey. That's true. Yeah. You gotta... Come on. Pick up the pace. That's the actual phrase. <laughs> surf the meme, <laughs> the meme streams. streams. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Do you, do you ride the meme streams? No. Maybe you canoe the meme you streams. You canoe, yeah. It's like shit creek. Paddle... You, you paddle the meme streams? No, nah, you know, it's like that shit creek. You don't do anything, you just Distributing ride. memes, too. You paddle. Well, that's like pedal. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you pedal the memes. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a combination of puns here yeah. that's going to work. And I just <laughs> got to experiment with them. Gotta, it's like when you're undoing, it's like uh, when the guy's unlocking a safe in a movie and they just got to keep turning it to see which tumblers fall into place. Yeah. Sometimes you get the first two, but not the third. And then you got to keep trying to get it. Yep. So, yeah, it's a perfect analogy. So they pull the little girl out. And so for some reason, Natalie is now playing with the little girl in Nick's car. And Nick is just leaning against the side. And random dude comes over and he's like, oh, Nick, you got kids? Nick's like, no. No, this, this is um, the Indian... Officer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Random dude. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of random guys, but the random guy, Indian detective man, he comes over and he's like, oh, Nick, you got any kids? And Nick's like, no, no, I don't. I'm not even married. And he's like, oh, you should try it. They're great. And Nick's like, I really want to. As the guy is walking away, he's like, I've thought about it. I really have. And he kind of starts to go off into it. Like, <laughs> and it's like this guy's like, oh, oh, this is a Nick moment. Dip while you can. And he just leaves. So Nick, Nick's like line of sight starts drifting, drifting away from the camera. And you're like, oh, this is a flashback. But then he kind of gets pulled back in. It's yeah. Like, oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Yeah. But bring the it back. Indian detective man takes this opportunity to be like, okay, so I'm going to go. Bye. And he leaves. <laughs> And then we get some some man with like a high tech spy glass thing. This is an impressive like miniature telescope that this guy has. <laughs> that he he's in a parking garage like more you, than a block away. When you said miniature telescope, I kind of pictured like a miniature um the little like pirate telescope that oh, like yeah. opens up and just holds it up to his eye but it's some kind of high-tech spy thing whatever that, uh i think the technical term for a single eye thing that monocular monocular yeah so he sees nick's car and he sees nick's license plate and he sees that this little girl is in the car so they know that this girl saw them kill that guy yep 
He recognizes the girl. Yeah. And so Nick gets kind of a moment where he's sort of wallowing in baby fever for just a second. Where he's Aww, like, oh, I really do want kids. I want a family. How come I can't have a family? <laughs> uh, I'll remember. I know. I'll just flash back to that time I did have a family. I, I made an attempt. Whoop, 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 whoop. So we go off, off into London during World War II, and there's an air raid going on, and everyone seems wildly unconcerned because they're just milling about this house, including a small child that is there to rob them. And so this little child shows up and tries to steal Jeanette's purse, which Jeanette looks fabulous in every single costume in these oh, flashbacks, absolutely. by the way. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the, this is the thing about Forever Night that I have always found so kudos. Yeah, that costume to designer, Jeanette's costume designer. Yes, this is the thing about Forever Night that I have always found interesting is we have a lot of flashbacks. They can reuse a ton of sets from modern day, right? Nick's apartment, the precinct, inside of his car, the morgue, whatever. We've got a lot of recycle. They have to come up. With completely new costumes, completely new sets yep. for every single flashback. And with a few notable exceptions, I'm looking at you episode where Lacroix killed his father in effigy. <laughs> um, we really, they turn it out. They turn out the flashbacks every single time. Yes. Nick's mustache is questionable. Yeah. I was actually impressed at the um, realisticness yeah. of Nick's mustache. Oh, it looks like a real mustache. It, it, it looks like a real mustache. It's just a bad mustache. Rachel has a bias against mustaches. <laughs> it's just not flattering. But it's of the time. So it's yeah. period specific. It's well done. But they always turn out for these flat flashbacks. And... Jeanette looks amazing. Her hair looks amazing. Her she wears this one white like silk gown and it looks so fabulous and it moves so beautifully and they are all tailored to her so nicely. So, yeah, I just wanted to point that out that the of all the things that the show misses on, it's it's a little hit and miss sometimes. We rarely miss on the flashbacks. But the little boy steals Jeanette's purse. And, and they, then bumps into a whole bunch of people. Right. And then, like they were walking out of a well, party. Well, Nick and Jeanette are walking together, and she steals Jeanette's purse. No, Lacroix and Jeanette are walking together. Oh, is it Lacroix and Jeanette? It's Lacroix and Jeanette walking together. Oh. He grabs Jeanette's purse and then Nick shows walks up. into a crowd of people that look like they're leaving a party. And then as he's going out the door out of the building, Nick just whoop pops up, pops up, grabs him by the arm. Yeah. Which. I my question was, how did Nick know that this kid was causing trouble? Well, the kid was in a place where they shouldn't be, and they were running. Away. That's true. Okay, so yeah. he was a so dirty, they were acting suspicious. He was a dirty child yeah. in a place where he shouldn't be. Right, and he was carrying a fancy purse. He may have recognized Jeanette's purse. Yeah, definitely. Nick is, um, he's. Nick is hit and miss, just like the show, <laughs> on being observant. Right. But I think he knew. For however he knew, he knew immediately that this child was up to no good. Because he yeah. grabs his arm and he spins the kid around. 
and um, Jeanette Lacroix. Yeah, they get a little up. bit of dialogue, and Jeanette, uh, the little boy, is talking to Jeanette, and he says, "What should I call you, Princess something?" And Jeanette's like, "Oh, I like him. <laughs> That's worth at least a shilling." <laughs> She's like, "Oh yes, <laughs> maybe we should get him a meal." Jeanette always responds to flattery. Yes. Seriously. If Jeanette's killing you ever, she just shows up. Just be like, oh, God, your hair looks amazing. And Jeanette would be like, oh, does it? Jeez, thank you. Oh, I think I'll keep you around. I think I'll keep you. But we come back from the flashback. And we're not where we were when we flashed back. We've moved. He's in the precinct. And it's Stone Tree. And Stone Tree's like, are you even listening to me, Knight? (laughs) Yeah, he's sitting at his desk. (laughs) Are you listening, Knight? Sorry, what? Nick's like, what? Huh? (laughs) Sorry, I was thinking about the past. (laughs) Stone Tree's like, look, look, focus, focus. You're going to take the kid home with you. And Nick's like, "Um, I'm sorry, what? You want me to take the kid home with me? And Stone Tree's like, yeah. With no warning. You are the absolute best possible solution for this. We don't because have... Skanky's still out. No, Skanky's there with the babysitter at this point. So Skanky's back, but for some reason, Skanky's not a good fit. And then there's no such thing as social services, and there's also no safe houses. The only possible solution is that this child goes to a random detective's house alone. Right. His personal, this detective's personal residence. Nowadays, you'd say, oh, a single, like, mid-30s man is taking a child to his home alone. Right. Tell me you're in the 90s without telling me you're in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's not sent with a chaperone, nothing. They're just like, we trust you, Nick. You can handle this. Here's a child. Take it home with you. (laughs) And Nick's like, oh, okay. What is it? Like three? Does it eat? I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> but they get a few minutes with the babysitter, which is really just kind of for us as the viewer to be like, well, how, who was taking care of her? Because her dad's out on an oil rig. Right. Yeah, that's just filling in that Right. That we needed hole. some device to keep the father away for a period of time. Right. To, okay, to he have, works in a distance. To not have a viable alternative for her to go home to that would yeah, be safe right and like if it was a if there was a parent there you couldn't say hey your child is a witness to a murder we're going to take your child into we're, protective custody we're sending no we're not even doing that we're just sending him home we're just sending your child home with this random bachelor detective guy who's a little bit weird but he's good at his job it's fine <laughs> i'd be like what the actual fuck no, you are not taking, no. But no. then if there's just like the neighbor lady yeah. that she stays with when her dad is gone. Right. Well, okay, there's no legal guardian here. Right, and that, that lady is extremely grateful to hand off this child. Because she's yes. like, um, she's a handful. I'm not as young as I used to be, which she looks plenty young to be taking care of a child that age, but that's fine. Good luck to you, Mr. Knight. You'll need it. Her name is Miss DeMarco. I don't know if it matters, but Skanky is back. He's talking to her. Nick refers to her as Miss. Everyone else refers to her as Mrs. DeMarco. 
Maybe he's missing it. Miss, you know, some right, people yeah, do th- the like. That was, there was a whole like cultural movement to replace Mrs. with Miss. Well, I can understand that. It's a little weird that for some reason I'm your like possession, MRS. Right. And that's yeah. why it was, it was a like feminist movement to yeah. replace Mrs. with Miss. But I thought it was interesting. Like, yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. That back could have been a to, Garrett when Davies Back up too. to the 90s era. Yeah. The only one who's caught on to the, oh, in general, women prefer to be addressed as Miss. Yeah. Because Mrs. is a possessive yeah. thing. A possessive, uh, was it title? Honorific title. Honorific. Yeah. Um, whereas Miss is neutral. Yeah. At worst, it's neutral. Nick is the only one following the like modern, more modern convention. So funny story. Matt and I had to get several marriage counseling sessions to get married in the venue that we wanted to get married in. And I told the officiant explicitly. uh, He was a reverend. Yeah, I told him explicitly at the very beginning that I didn't want any mail addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Matthew because I didn't want, I am not now Matthew. I am still Rachel and I don't want to be referred to as Mrs. Matthew. And so all mail that we received from then forward was addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Rachel. (laughs) No, it was Mrs. and Mr. Rachel. Yeah, Mrs. and Mr. Rachel. Yep. Yeah. So. Good job, Lee. Good job. If you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this kid, this is one of my least favorite child tropes, is the spunky, precocious kid who can charm any adult with their over-the-top sensibilities and humor and... Right. I was getting Punky Brewster vibes. Major Punky. She even dresses like Punky yes, Brewster. She the, has the striped shirt. It was the shirt, outfit. Yeah, with the overalls with tights underneath that are yep. that are belted at the waist. Yeah. Yeah, she had major Punky Brewster vibes. So she's supposed to be precocious and charming. And so when they go to get her, she's sitting on the middle, sitting on a table in the middle of this room and all these cops are gathered around her and they're all like, she's telling jokes to the entire precinct. Oh, there she's so funny. And so instead of drawing a picture of the suspect, she's drawn a picture of skanky and everyone's like, in addition to, in addition to the descriptions of the suspects, she drew, she had the artist to do a sketch of Skanky. All right. Well, anyway, because they, my... they handed off two papers to Nick, and Nick was like, okay, good. Have these copied and distributed. Oh, yeah. And then she called out the next one, and it was Skanky. And Skanky was, yeah. <laughs> and Nick's like, oh, the, yeah, that doesn't look like you. That, <laughs> that you have you much are... more prominent. Nose hairs. Nose hair. <laughs> <laughs> which, which that came off as much more, uh, like goofy Garant, yeah, rather than a scripted line, right? Like he 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 made that up, like made up the what was more the nose hairs, he yeah, had the nose hair, yeah. Anyway, she's done charming the entire precinct with her precocious childhood energy, yeah, and yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Nick actually requests a real car. 
He's like, oh, I can't take her in the caddy. It's a little too open. I, I want her in something safer. So can I please have an unmarked precinct car? And they're like, oh, yeah, Nick, anything for you. Uh, so they bring Nick a car and that's what they're driving in when they're headed home. And she's telling him a story about the comic books that she likes to read, but he's not really listening because somebody's he following notices them. He notices somebody following them. Right. And the so they end up getting shot at. They have like a drive-by and he has told her to get in the, in the footwell so she'll be safer. And he gets shot in the shoulder. And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yep, I'm fine. Mm, they missed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention, he's wearing his purple members-only jacket. <gasps> and he is wearing his purple's member, purple members-only jacket this entire... Try to say that five times fast. It's like rubber baby buggy bumpers, but it's purple members-only jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing it the entire episode, including later when he's sleeping. And then when he wakes up, he's still got it on. I wonder if they have a hole... In the sleeve, in the shoulder. I'm going to check next episode that he wears it. Well, wasn't he wearing it in the um, the one where he got shot at the call center at the like phone sex line? Faithful followers. Not faithful followers. That's another. That's a later episode. Um, I remember. For I have sinned. Remember he gets shot and he's like holding uh, his stomach and he goes, go get help. Oh, yeah, and then he's he's like in the stairwell. Yeah. He's like, go get help, and then they leave, and he's like, okay, I'm fine. I need to get back. Yeah, I'm pretty Follow sure he's person. wearing his purple members-only jacket in that episode, which means it has at least one hole through the or back. Or he has multiple purples mem- purple members-only jackets. <laughs> it's to say, isn't it? <laughs> so Nick does the only thing he can think of to do after he gets shot in a drive-by, which is just go ahead and take Lisa home like he was planning to anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, right? Obviously, they don't know who he is. They have no reason to believe that he's the one with her. That's not why they shot at him. People shoot at him all the time. It's probably unconnected. Right? He knew it was connected. <laughs> I just, I'm, Which I'm, what I'm pointing out <laughs> is it was a questionable decision, not knowing how they found him, to just go ahead and continue with the plan. Right. His... At this point, he's not driving his normal vehicle. So it's not like somebody was following his very distinctive right. 1962 He doesn't Cadillac. know how they knew where he was. So somebody's following him very carefully. And they shot at him. Yeah. The most likely scenario is they're after the girl. If they know enough and are skilled enough to follow him in an unmarked, anonymous vehicle, yeah, they probably know who he is and where he lives. Right. So at this point, he should have said, they're on to us. What, he, okay, when he calls Skanky, he said, they made us. Yeah. Uh, they, they shot at us. Yes. Okay, change plan. <laughs> Boom. Random destination. No. Don't even, like, maybe call the police captain and say, hey, Stone Tree, uh, they made us. I'm going to, you know, back up safe house 16F. But then they'd have to put together another set. And they blew all of their budget on Jeanette's wardrobe for the flashback. Okay. That, 
Now we're metagaming here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Any sane cop in this scenario would not have been like, well, that, that, whew, that was an adventure, huh? Let's get you home to my home where we were already planning to go. Yeah. Yeah. He always acts like his house is this fortress. Like he's always offering it up as a place for people to come stay where they'll be safe. Like he doesn't have floor to ceiling windows and a skylight, and he's not he the does only one have in that warehouse. Metal shutters that go over the windows, but not on the skylight. Good point. Yeah, he needs an upgrade. Yeah, I don't know. He needs to stop taking people home like they're going to be safe there. Not just leaving aside the fact that the, he's taking them home with him, and he is—he literally eats people. <laughs> Especially when he's wounded. Right. So he comes home and he calls Natalie and he's like, hey, um, so I've got a situation here and I need you to come take care of I it. I caught one. I caught one. He's like, I need something. You, I need you to get something out for me. I've got something hard in my body. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to take care of it. I need you to take care of it. And she's like, I'll be over. <laughs> <laughs> And on the way, she's like, all right, all right, okay. we're finally going to make it. It's we're finally going to make happening, it. It's happening, but no. Oh, it's a bullet. It's a bullet. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Nicholas. <laughs> I thought it was finally a booty call. <laughs> it's never a booty call. Sorry, Nat. Sorry, Nat. But I Lisa- don't think you're ever getting a booty call. No. And then Lisa is walking around. His apartment this entire time that he's on the phone with Natalie. Pippin has the zoomies. I'm sorry if you guys hear it, but Pippin has the zoomies. And I'm just going to let him do this because Fat Boy needs some exercise. Yeah, there's some towels in the living room that he keeps tackling. Walking in nonchalantly from the hallway <laughs> and then pounce. Pounce. Lisa is walking around exploring this apartment. And she's like, oh, what do we got to eat? So she opens the refrigerator and it's just wine bottles. And she's like, got a drinking problem, Nick? And then she opens the freezer and there's blood bags in the freezer. And one tumbles out and she doesn't put it back in. It's very noticeably. But then then she says, are you Italian or something? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she thought it was tomato sauce. I don't know. It's very obviously a human blood bag yes in his freezer which is in no way frozen right but it's in his freezer yeah well luckily she just thinks he's italian Uh, he doesn't even comment he's just like haha you're such a silly kid i think this is the first time we've ever seen his freezer opened yeah it's true it's because it's on the bottom and he calls skanky oh because she says, are you Italian or something? And he's like, what are you, a detective? And he's just called Skanky. So Skanky's on the line and Skanky goes, yeah, I am a detective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's waiting for Skanky to pick up. <laughs> yeah. And Skanky is um, at his leisure. <laughs> Sitting in his boxers and a recliner. What is this? Like his man cave closet? It's like five <laughs> foot by five foot. He's in a recliner. Like the TV is about a foot away from his the bottom of his feet. Yeah. And he's watching I Dream of Genie. Which I only knew that because the subtitles said I Dream of Genie" theme song. Right. And Nick is like, well, get over here. I need your help. And Skanky's like, uh, 
you mean tomorrow you need my help because I'm about to watch my favorite show. And Nick is like, oh, oh no, I need food for the child because I have no food in this apartment. Yeah. I need you to, I need you to come over here because somebody shot at me and we need to discuss it in person, obviously, because I'm, I'm you need absolutely to get the case. not uncomfortable with the fact that I have a child in my house right now <laughs> and I just need some backup here, Skanky. And so Skanky being the solid bro that he is, is like, all right, fine. I'll be over. I'll bring pizza. I, I, I'm on my way. And so the girl's done walking around. She flops on the couch. She's like, are you married? And Nick goes, no. And she goes, are you straight? <laughs> and Nick, Quite the question in Nick's 92. Nick's like, sometimes? <laughs> he know. said yes. He said yes. Uh, I don't know. This they, persona. Yeah. It's been 800 years. Which, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I uh, am now. I don't know if Nick ever swings the other way. I don't know. We never cover it. Okay. That would be something that'd be good for season no, four. Not canon, or maybe some fan fiction. Mm. Oh, I'm guarantee you there is Nick, <laughs> Nick and Lacroix fan fiction out there. Anyway, she asks him if he's straight, and he's like, "Uh, yes." And she's like, "But you don't have any food in your fridge." And he's like, "I'm never home." And she just accepts that. That's fine. She gets it because her dad is gone a lot. Yeah. And we go back to our flashback again, and Jeanette is totally digging this kid thing. They've taken in this stray. Can we keep it? Yeah, and this kid is gamely trying to have a Cockney accent. He is really trying. He's trying real hard. And he's so close and yet so far. And they give him a toy. And Jeanette goes, your Uncle Nicky practically flew all the way to London to get this for you. Whoosh. <laughs> I sampled a whoosh sound from a previous episode. So now nice. I have a whoosh I can throw in all the time. Nice. And LaCroix is not amused by this. He's like, why, why are there small humans here? And we're not eating them like the chicken nuggets they are. <laughs> so he actually snarls. He does like a... Yeah, when they open the present. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh, it's gross. And Lisa... We back in modern times. Lisa, being the spunky, precocious, observant child that she is, is like, is Natalie coming over? And Nick's like, yeah. No, where's your girlfriend? Where's your girlfriend? And he's like, what girlfriend? She's like, oh, you know, the, the, the hot doctor. The lady doctor. Yeah. And Nick's like, oh, she's not my girlfriend. And Lisa's like, she you was? should You should marry her because she's got it bad for you. Yeah. Where's your supper? I'm starved. Skank will be here any minute. Where's your girlfriend? Girlfriend? The lady doctor. You should marry her. She's got it bad for you. I can tell. You're nuts, Lisa. And Nick's like, what? No. <laughs> what? What? No. no. What? No. No. Does Nick know? Does Nick know? Nick probably knows. You think Nick knows? I think Nick knows. And he's purposely distancing himself. Yeah. Do we oh, yeah. think it's because he doesn't like Natalie or because he's afraid he'll hurt Natalie? He doesn't want to hurt Natalie. Oh. That's my interpretation. I think I'd go with that. That he knows, but he's like, I can't I can't do this. Not until I get more human right. or whatever. But then Skanky arrives on the elevator. 
And this just... And Skanky pulls off really good dad vibes. Wait, this deepens my elevator mystery, okay? Because <laughs> we have the sliding door, which is sometimes an elevator, sometimes a hallway. So we see the light rise in the little window of the sliding door as if an elevator car is arriving at the floor Nick's yeah. apartment floor. And she, Skanky just slides open the door like he is on an elevator and it has just arrived. Right. He's been standing in this exact spot. His elevator just arrived at this floor and the door that's in front of him, he opens it. However, <laughs> this is still not an elevator by any stretch of the imagination. There is no line. There is no... In fact, later... Nick and or Genki and Natalie get go through the door and Nick slides the door shut and we see the door sliding shut from Skanky and Natalie's point of view and it is all brick walls and they turn around and face the sliding door as if their elevator car is about to go down. They are clearly not in an elevator car. They are just standing <laughs> in a hallway with brick walls. <laughs> So I'm just revisiting my earlier conundrum as to what what are we supposed to think is this elevator? I, I think there's supposed to be like a service elevator and maybe there's no front on the service elevator. So that would explain the light change through the window. Right. I don't know. That's what I'm just going to have to go to. But yes, yeah, Skanky is in dad mode and he's doing a really good job being dad mode. In fact, he's so good. I looked it up to see if John Capellos has any kids and I don't think he does. What? At least He's a not good a, uncle then. Yeah, at least not according to IMDb. And usually IMDb will put it down in the trivia. Yeah. I don't know if I'm wrong. Let he me may know. have just uh, sheltered his family life from his work life. Well, I could totally understand that. But he's definitely pulling off dad mode, which John Capellas is a good actor. Yeah. So um, he jokes around with her. He gets a pizza, which is, of course is covered in garlic. And Nick is like, oh, garlic. Like Nick, pretend. Okay. Walk away. Put on your game face. <laughs> Anything, Nick man. He has no game he face. Has in no, this no, he does not. Um, and then we get a shot of the bad guys, and they are chatting about the little girl and the fact that now that she's shacking up with a cop, that ups the ante. Right. Does he, does the anonymous person that they're talking to still want them to take care of the girl? Because yeah. now. She's with the cop, and they'll have to take care of the cop, too. And that that ups the ante and their fee. Yeah. And so the, whoever they're talking to is like, hell yeah, kill that cop. Take him out. Take him out. So we go back to Nick's apartment, and Natalie is over. And Lisa says, you make house calls? I didn't know you made house calls. And Natalie's like, only for deadbeats. <laughs> and, which, and she looks over at Skanky. Yeah. <laughs> she says deadbeats. That joke was not for Skanky. But, yeah. Yeah, the joke is for Nick because he's dead. And then we have a really weird interaction where Nick is like, so, Natalie, you're going to look at my shoulder? And Skanky's like, why? What's wrong with your shoulder? And Nick's like, oh, you know, it's, um, I just pulled a muscle, man. It's acting up. Which Skanky's like, oh, okay, cool. Not like, hey, Natalie only works with dead people. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which didn't they didn't they make a reference for Natalie that she used to work on living people? Yeah. She's a full medical doctor, but she couldn't handle working on live people. And so she became a coroner. Yeah, we discussed that in that episode because she's so young. She's only 30. Right. You just in your own time, Pippin. I mean, whatever you feel like doing here, man. Rachel fine. has a notebook on her lap, and Pippin has decided <laughs> he needs to lay on that notebook. And there, he's... Hold on. Hold on. Uh, where's my phone? <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of this. I don't know where to go from here. He's laying on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they go into... <laughs> Oh, is you, it Pippin. a bathroom? Is it a bedroom? It's is it a, a whatever? It's a room with some kind of table covered in glass bottles. With and a, a big mirror, mirror in front of it. With a big mirror in it. And first of all, Natalie's like, oh, your wound didn't close up. It's also not bleeding. So how great? Question mark. And then she goes to get the bullet out and it hurts. And she's like, oh, I oh my God, you felt pain. You felt pain. And he's like, well, a little. Was that the flesh wound? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, but we're getting so close. Look, you have a reflection. And he says, yeah, sometimes. She's like, oh, look, you can see yourself in the mirror. Or I can see you in the mirror. He says, yeah, I can see myself in the mirror, but only sometimes. Only sometimes. Everyone enjoy that moment because we are never going to reference the fact that Nick doesn't show up in mirrors ever again this is the first time it's come up the first and the last honey first and last my i think my favorite um like myth detail on showing up in mirrors is it's related to the silver yeah that makes sense. and so some mirrors are not made with silver and so and that's why uh, vampires used to not show up in film because the film used silver nitrate. And so the vampire's appearance that's didn't from register. Moonlight. Right. Yeah, they used that mechanism. And so moonlight. that's why vampires show up fine on digital right. because there's no silver involved. Right. Ooh, that'd be. Okay, I just had an idea. Okay. So based on the, oh. the Moonlight wow. mythology. Okay, here we go. Yep. Okay. You can use silver in electronic components. Just most of the time gold is used. Yeah. Because uh, it's a little easier to work with. It's a little, and it's a better conductor of electricity. But what if you made a camera like CCD or CMOS sensor like the actual light sensor chip yeah what if you made that with silver instead of gold and then you put that right next to like have like stereo cameras right next to each other one where the the optical sensor is made with silver and the other where the optical sensor okay. is made with gold and then you do like a subtraction filter and then boom Vampire detector. <laughs> Theoretically, that would work. I mean, we should sell that to security companies. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if sure, you're simply safe, feels safe. 
But well, does it have vampire mode? But does it have vampire <laughs> detection? I think uh, not. Does that work with werewolves too? Why would it Do work it, with werewolves? Werewolves silver. But they silver. Still, so they can't eat the camera. Okay. Well, fine. You could stab them with their, the camera. Their supernatural essence reacts with silver. <laughs> they are deterred by silver. I silver think- is abhorrent <laughs> to them. Right? You know what? I'm just I'm gonna cut you off here. This is Okay. A- okay, hold on, hold on. No. One more thing. One oh, more God. thing. Okay. If it's the supernatural essence that yeah. is like abhorrent to silver and vampire their whole essence is the vampireness. Yes. So their vampireness doesn't register on silver. Okay. With a werewolf, it's just the transformed version of the their werewolfness that doesn't that reacts with silver differently. Okay, so you have our vampire mode camera with the silver optical sensor and the gold optical sensor. If you point that at a werewolf, does it just show the human form of the werewolf? It depends on whether you think their transformation is entirely physical or if it's partially supernatural. So are they still themselves, but they are... Um, the supernatural essence of Accurately the simulating a wolf exterior? Or have they physically transformed? Because if they physically transformed, then no, it wouldn't show They wouldn't a have a reflection just like vampires. They still have a reflection. The only thing that silver bothers if it, if if you stabbed them with a silver mirror, it would be problematic. I'm not having this discussion with you right you now. You are, but you're <laughs> you're trying to get out of it. <laughs> it's because you are deliberately misinterpreting myths and to make your vampire I'm, I'm cameras seem like on a mythological you terminology. Are, yes. Did my sigh pick up on the microphone? I'm sure it did. Okay. Good. Uh, okay. Natalie also mentions artificial blood back to Forever Night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Natalie mentions that she gave him artificial blood, which isn't a thing. I'm like 100% sure it's not a thing. I'm 80% sure it's not a thing. Let's carry on that theme. <laughs> You're 80% sure, but you're saying it with 100% confidence. <laughs> yes. And Nick is like, oh, you mean that low-fat, non-fat, no-flavor stuff? <laughs> she's like, don't knock it, man. You got an open wound on your shoulder. Have you tried that artificial blood I gave you? Oh, you mean the low-fat, zero-cholesterol, no-sodium, absolutely no, no flavor. flavor? Yeah, well, don't knock it, Tiger. It's obviously working. You're welcome. Obviously, it's working. And then she starts casually rubbing his shoulders as they're talking about kids like she's still trying to get this back to the booty call she thought it was she's like (laughs) oh you look a little tense let me just rub them shoulders for you (laughs) (laughs) poor natalie um then we're so thirsty i know well nick 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 is thirsty natalie's also thirsty for different things (laughs) (laughs) god Okay. And they're both they're both resisting the thirst. I can't. <laughs> okay, so we go back to the flashback. And LaCroix and <laughs> don't. I know that don't. Whatever you just thought of, don't say it out loud, please. <laughs> 
I know that snicker. <laughs> okay, LaCroix. Deep breaths. <laughs> so LaCroix and Nick are talking to each other in the flashback. And this is a really weird conversation because Nick is like, yeah, we, I don't know about this kid. Like, I'm happy for Jeanette, but I don't know if we should keep this kid around. LaCroix's like, no, it's fine. He can stay. You know, if Jeanette wants him, Jeanette should have him because nobody puts baby in a corner. Jeanette gets what Jeanette wants. <laughs> and Nick is like, oh, well, don't you think he'll betray us? And LaCroix's like, he can't betray his own kind. And Nick Ooh, is like, I, I just want to say, <laughs> I love every LaCroix scene. <laughs> I love LaCroix. I fucking love LaCroix. I can't wait until we get LaCroix back because LaCroix's like he's, like, he's so over the top that he's like coming up from underneath. I know. <laughs> he's like foundational <laughs> to the entire experience. I know. And Nick is like, you're deranged. And LaCroix's like, well, yeah, obviously. It would be an interesting experiment, don't you think? He's too young to choose. Choose? My dear Nicholas, we offer him the rarest of gifts. We choose for him. You are deranged. Yes, I know. <laughs> he's like, You're just noticing? He's like fucking preaching to the <laughs> choir, man. Yeah, I am. Laquan knows who he is. And I love a he villain. He accepts who he is. He embraces who he is. Yeah. He's only a villain because he's doing things that to Nick seem villainous. But LaCroix to himself, he's not doing things that are deliberately evil. He's just doing whatever the fuck he right. wants. There and is no cognitive dissonance inside of LaCroix's head. No. Nope. He completely accepts everything that he's doing. Everything. He's fine. He's good. Yep. It's totally rational to him that he could turn this little child into a vampire and that that's the perfect solution. It's an interesting experiment, yep. is what LaCroix says. He says, think Regardless. about it. Regardless. He says, think about it. You'll be frozen in the peak of youth forever. That'd be great. Wow. And Nick is like, I want to explore this. And Nick is like, oh my God. You're disgusting. <laughs> LaCroix is like, eh, semantics. This has to be pretty close to when Nick leaves LaCroix. Because like, this would be 1940s? Yeah. Yeah, it's right about there. He leaves right 50s, 60s-ish. We're going to find that out in Father's Day, which I think is a season two episode. He, like, flees yeah. LaCroix. Like, flees LaCroix. Like, he puts himself in a shipping crate, gets himself shipped off. Flees him. Anyway, this is where we open the door for Skanky and Natalie to leave, and it's literally just a brick wall that we're supposed to assume is somehow an elevator. We're going to have to go back so I can see the elevator, quote-unquote elevator Quote-unquote elevator. We will. I, I missed that. We will. Don't you worry. And then he carries the little girl up because now she's fallen asleep. She's hustled Skanky out of a bunch of money at poker. $23. She's probably let Natalie cry on her shoulder about how Natalie thought she was coming over there to hang out with Nick. And really, she was just there to pull a bullet out. And now she's tired. She's gone to sleep. So Nick carries her upstairs, and he puts her to bed on his, like, satin fuck sheets. I don't know what they're like. <laughs> he has the most torrid-looking... I. Here's my theory. Okay. Jeanette picked them out. Uh, guaranteed. Guaranteed they were a gift. She was like... He I'm showed up at the Raven one night, and he's like, Jeanette! I need your help. 
That's the only time you come see me, Nick. <laughs> I don't know what spreadsheets to pick out. <laughs> she was like, oh, oh, Nicola, I'll take care of it. Yeah, she probably just went upstairs and pulled her two sets of black satin sheets that she had just lying around and hadn't opened yet. Just was like, here, take these out. What do you yeah, have? A the, clean the, cane? These are my Fine, extras. Here you go. These are my extras. I, I just keep. They're broken in. Nicola. I keep five or six pairs lying around in case I get too much blood on one, and then I can just throw it out, grab a new <laughs> set. It's fine. <laughs> my mom told me an interesting story about my uncle. Do we? Well, hold, okay. hold on. Yeah, we'll go. No, go. I'm it's ready. Relevant to the. Hit it. Story you just made up about Jeanette. <laughs> you just made up. He didn't wash underwear or socks. He would just throw them out. And then when he didn't have enough left, he would just go buy more. Wow. <laughs> so then we get a heartfelt moment with the little girl. Oh. Because as soon as she gets put on these suspect sheets, she immediately wakes up. Well, look, she doesn't wake up until Nick starts taking her shoes off. Oh, yeah. No, no. You just leave the shoes on. It's fine. You got to wait for the hook let to set. Let sleeping children lie. Yep. You got to wait like 30 to 45 minutes yep. for them to get into deep sleep mode. Like if they're in REM sleep still and you wake and you disturb them, your night's gone. <laughs> just gone. You got to wait like 30 to 45 minutes. They're in deep sleep. Sleep is in 90-minute cycles. Yeah. 45 minutes is halfway through a cycle. You got to hit it in the like deepest deep sleep cycle. And then you can like, oh, they're sliding off of the bed. Well, I'm just going to scoot you back onto the bed. Yeah, they will not wake up. In fact, there's a line that Nick has earlier where Natalie asks him, how's it going? And he says, I, I'm enjoying it and I'm afraid of it. Yeah. And I said, well, that's fucking parenthood right there. <laughs> I'm enjoying it and I'm terrified all at the same time. But she wakes up. Who needs to be mortal for parenthood? I know. He could just, he could literally foster kids. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, she, blah, blah, blah. she wakes up enough to tell him about how she blames herself for her mom's death, which is, hey, guilt, always hey. our theme. Misplaced guilt, taking guilt onto yourself that you don't really. At least need it's to. not suicide. Yes, there is no suicide in this. Hooray! Episode. One of the few. Oh, look at that! And we go back to our flashback. We get a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of story happening in the flashback this time. We haven't had like yes. a storyline in the flashback. We've had like a little bit. Maybe last episode right. there was a little. It's bit. usually like exactly mirroring the plot in this the main episode the present timeline yeah this is more of a fleshed out flashback that we haven't had one for a while um it's still just a couple of sets but at least this, we're getting some while we're thinking action. about it this is so a lot of the flashbacks are nick learning nick observing some kind of behavior in the past that parallels what's happening now. Yeah. And most of the time, things work out in the present the same way they happened in the past. And that's kind of a, ugh, 
Wow. Things never change. Yeah. The world is such a horrible place, right? That's kind of the plot arc of the flashbacks. But then sometimes we get the flashback is like, oh, this horrible thing happened. But this thing that Nick learned in the past, he was able to use the lesson learned in that flashback to to make the outcome of this, uh, of the present timeline, work better. Yeah. And the only thing he learned from this particular flashback was don't leave LaCroix alone with children. And since LaCroix is dead, problem's already solved. He can just remember what happened. And he remembers kicking Daniel out to save him. He's like, listen, you don't know this, but shit's fucked up around here, okay? You need to leave. You are literally running for your life. Yeah, you need to run for your life right now. And he actually hypnotizes him into doing it. Yep. He's like, you got to go. And as soon as the kid leaves, of course, like, LaCroix and Jeanette walk out. Like, they've just been hanging out around the corner. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, where did he go? And then we get this weird, awkward, long view of Jeanette. And then LaCroix, and they're both looking disapproving at Nick. And Nick's like, I regret nothing. I regret nothing. And then we go back to the present. And Nick has put on his um his leisure shirt. We haven't seen his leisure shirt in a couple <laughs> this of episodes. Clip, okay, this clip was weird. I was like, <laughs> is this like another flashback? Is this just like Nick reminiscing about no, what he does in wait. his free time? No. No, this what? is what Nick is doing while Lisa is asleep what? in his apartment. The girl that does not know he is a vampire what? is sleeping in his bed Wait, in no. the sheets that he got from Jeanette. And he changes into his blousy, drapey shirt. <laughs> like 18th century peasant shirt that he wears. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, no, the best part about this is he wasn't wearing this. He was wearing his, like, black shirt under his purple members-only jacket right. previously. And then he, we have this scene where he's bottling his own blood. He has, like, a barrel. Wearing the blousy shirt. Wearing the shirt. blousy shirt. And then when he goes to bed on the couch, he has changed back <laughs> into his black shirt that's, with his purple members That's his blood-bottling outfit. Yes, he's like, hang on, I gotta get in my work shirt. So put on his like, it's like 18th century blousy shirt, and he literally has like a wooden barrel. He literally has a wooden cask full of blood, full of blood, and he's like dipping, scooping it out with a with a gravy tureen, <laughs> ladling it into his with green that, bottle. Okay, hold on, hold on. This okay. Now that you point that out, <laughs> his hand didn't have any blood on it. No, he didn't have any blood on his white shirt. Look, he's had eight hundred years to perfect this technique. Okay. Well, okay, okay, but the container that he's using to dip in the barrel and then pour into the glass into the bottle, he would have to dip his hand all the way into the liquid. <laughs> Listen, listen. Because of the, if it was a ladle, that like if it was like a big canning ladle with like a big scoop and a spout on the scoop, right? Then you could dip it into a, a barrel and then pour it into something and not get your hand dirty because your hand doesn't have to get that close to the liquid that you're scooping. Yeah, but not but when like you're the using gravy like a- tureen. <laughs> 
Gravy boat. <laughs> Gra- gravy moat. Boat. Uh, boat. Okay. Yes, yeah. It, it depends on where you're from. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the handle is below the top level yes. of the container. So to actually scoop anything, at least the bottom, like your pinky finger, would dip into the liquid. Look, you know how you know how it goes. You go to Costco, you buy meat in bulk, intending to break it up, put it in freezer in the freezer in like little bags for meals, and then like a week passes and you realize you have to deal with this right now or it's all gonna go bad. <laughs> <laughs> so he went to Costco. He got his like Kirkland <laughs> Kirkland cask. His Kirkland blood cake. His Kirkland 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 blood cake. That's harder than purple members only jacket. And he brought it home and it's been sitting for like a week and he had to deal with it right now. He didn't have time. So he had to get into his work shirt, get it done, and then get his stuff put away, okay? And then he just changed back so nothing would look weird when she woke up. <laughs> I heard this referred to as Euro Minutes the other day. Euro Minutes? Euro Minutes. Remember we were wondering what, why. Hold on. Wait, wait. Minutes? Minutes. Euro Minutes. Euro Minutes. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Remember we were postulating why do they have this weird fluff, filler, like odd scenes that they add in where you yeah. could cut them out and it really wouldn't change the flow of the episode. Yeah. So apparently they had what were called Euro Minutes because in European countries, when they aired over there, they didn't have as many commercials, so they needed more content. Oh. But when you had it in the U.S., you There's would, a lot more commercials. There's a lot more commercials, so you would cut out more. Oh. Uh, so you had to have these slices of time that you could include in the European episode, but not in the American episode, and it wouldn't at all change the flow of the episode or gotcha. like the amount of information that you get. Gotcha. So I think that's what this is, is a Euro minute. That's why it's cut in here really strangely, but it is really strange. <laughs> <laughs> like you could have picked, go with the chess set scene again. <laughs> he could have thrown tarot cards. At the, he could have bounced the ball. We could have had him bouncing the yeah. ball against the door. Perfect. That, that one would have been, been great. Yep. But scooping, <laughs> bottling blood <laughs> while the like 10 year old girl is sleeping upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the Euro minutes continue for another few seconds because we get a lot of sunrise, sunset, traffic passing, like sun traversing across the screen. And Punky Brewster's woken up. Lisa. Lisa's woken up and she comes downstairs and Nick is sleeping she, on the couch. She goes up to the couch and she starts shaking him and says, wakey, wakey, eggs and banking. <laughs> she goes, wake up, officer, wake up and smell the donuts. Does Nick have to sleep with his arms crossed over his chest like that? Because every time we see him sleeping, he is. Do we? Yeah. Um. Do you think he just does that? He's like, well, this feels like the It's like in... It's like in Love Bites when the vampire guy, I forget his name in the movie, uh, but the vampire guy, every time he lays down, he has to cross his arms over his chest. Yeah. Jeffrey? Anyway, bad guys are closing in, though. So Nick's asleep. However, he's asleep suspiciously with his arms crossed. And the bad guys are closing in, which we get a lot of cut between... 
them in the apartment and the bad guys. And then also Skanky, like, shaming Lisa's dad, because Lisa's dad has finally arrived from the oil rig. Yeah, that scene lasts a lot longer than it should. Yeah. But Lisa opens the blinds, which there must be a button on his remote labeled blinds, because everybody just picks up his remote and goes... And opens the blinds. And so does Lisa, which he could have just hidden the remote. Uh, I gotta say, Nick does zero prep (laughs) (laughs) for his house for having a kid there. To be fair, they dumped that on him. No, no, I mean, after she's asleep. Oh, yeah. And he's like... Oh, man. After after bottling all this blood, (laughs) I sure am sleepy. (laughs) I should make sure that the house is safe for a 10-year-old spunky girl to be able to run around and do whatever. Because if she just starts running around banging on stuff, even if she grabs my arm and like flops it down on my chest, I'm not going to wake up. So I need to make sure that this household is safe For a child. I'm going to make just minimal efforts. I'm going to hide the remote. I'm going to hide my compact with the mirror in it. (laughs) Why did he have a compact? He does none of these things. Yeah, fuck all. Fuck all. Childproofing is not Nick's strong point. So Lisa opens the blinds, grabs a mirror, like a compact with a mirror in it, and uses it to reflect the sunlight on Nick's face. Which, fair enough. He didn't, nobody told her, he did not tell her that he is allergic to sunlight. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Nobody seems to believe him when he says he's allergic to sunlight anyway. So he's probably like, ah, oh, fuck it. She's not going to believe me. He probably thought she was going to sleep all the way through the day. He probably didn't even consider it. Yeah, he probably thought, oh, this child fell asleep. At 4 a.m. There's no way she's going to wake up before 7 a.m. I need to get a couple hours of sleep. So I'm just going to lay down. Yeah. But if you have children, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah. What time they go to bed does not correlate to what time they wake up. Yep. Yeah. Our daughter, if our daughter goes to sleep at 5 a.m., She's still waking up at 6.30 a.m. Yeah. Regardless, she's just cranky all day. (laughs) But Lisa burns Nick, and Nick does not maintain a cool head about this. He flips the fuck out. Flips his shit. Flips his shit. He's like, (laughs) grabbing his eyes, throwing himself against stuff. He, like, runs over to the kitchen and is like, Freaking out and hissing and showing his fangs. Because she reflected direct sunlight into his eyes. Right. So he finally gets into the bathroom and she's like, Nikki, Nikki. Are you okay? And he's like, I'm blind. I'm blind. I'm blind. He yells it so dramatically. It's so traumatizing for this child. <laughs> I know she just goes upstairs and starts crying. She has no idea why he's in pain. She knows she's hurt him, but she doesn't know why. And now he's in the bathroom. He won't talk to her and he's just screaming, I'm blind. 
So she's like, I'm going to go cry in, in my room now. So she goes back up to the room. Then she's crying. And the bad guys are still getting ready to break in. Right. As Nikki is sitting in the bathroom with his face against a window with sunlight coming through. Maybe it's a light. Like a diffuse light. It's a glass wall. I don't want to talk about it. He (laughs) (laughs) he takes a moment to conclude his, his flashback, though. And that is, he walks into the house. Jeanette... Like he holds Jeanette in his arms for a moment and then the fire truck rolls at him. And he says, LaCroix, aren't you a little old to be playing with toys? And when he comes around the corner, it's Daniel. But Daniel's a vampire. Womp womp. Yeah. So he didn't save his life. Surprise, surprise. (sighs) Yet another failure to stack upon the mountain of failures in my life. (laughs) So Nick... Having taken a moment to meditatively contemplate about that one time he let that one kid get turned into a vampire, he has regained control over himself, and he walks out. But he's blind, and so his eyes are stuck in the um, like stuck greenish in vamp, out mode. vamp out mode, and he can hear the people coming. And so he says, he's calling for Lisa. Like, Lisa, where are you? There's people breaking in. I need you to, I need to know where you are. And so she comes out and he's like, shh, they're coming. I need you to just stay very still and don't freak out because I'm about to do some superhero shit. It's the need. Okay. He could have just gone on the other side of the door. And snuck out from behind the other side of the right. door and tackled this guy. And it would have been just as effective. But oh no, he's not feeling it. Look, he woke, he had a he just woke up. He's having a bad day and he's gotta take it out on somebody. So he flies up to okay, chill to, out. To be fair, most people <clears throat> if they come through a door, most people if they come through a door and they're looking for like enemies, humans are horizontal scanners. Yeah. Right? At a very hardwired biological level, when we're hunting, we go for horizontal scanning first. We don't look up. Right. Well, this guy Because we hunt prey at ground... Humans historically, ancestrally, hunt prey at ground level. Yeah, well... So humans don't look up. So it makes a lot of sense for Nick... Who's impaired because his eyes are not working yet to get out of horizontal scanning range by moving vertically. Yeah. By very dramatically flying up and like clinging to the wall over the door. But he's still blind at this point. And then he does this really slow, dramatic, and he looks super fucking stoked as he rotates Around he turns. Yes, he's floating in the 180 he's degrees. He's floating in the air. He yeah. just rotates in the air, and yeah, he's ready he to looks rumble. Jazzed. He's got a glint in his eye. He's smiling. That's the blindness. He's got his fangs <laughs> out. He's ready. So when this guy walks through, he just pew, air torpedoes him, knocks him down, and Lisa's like, <gasps> "That's pretty fucking sweet." She's into this because she's into superheroes. Yeah. So this is some hoop superhero shit. She's probably read Morbius. That's yeah. 
thank God she hasn't seen the movie. <laughs> She'd be like, oh my God, get me out. Uh, then he tosses this guy around and just, okay, he knows Lisa is watching him. Can he develop a little chill? Does he have to like growl and like fang at everybody? Must he do the full like, where he like shows his fangs Anytime and he's using his vamp, his vampire strength is only available as an attribute boost when he's gone full vamp out in the face. Right. Yes, but he doesn't necessarily have to it's be like... It's like barbarian rage. Right, but does right? he have to growl at everybody? Is that because That's he's included. like tapping into his animalistic nature, I guess? And so Skanky is at the precinct shaming her dad for trying to take care of her the best way he can i don't that's while grieving his own wife yeah it's a lot there um but they hear that there was an explosion at nick's place which i don't know what explosion i'm guessing it's the shotgun blast oh maybe blew the hole open in the door because they blow off a sizable chunk of his door to get in yeah and nick knows there's a second guy so he's listening for him and he tells lisa to go and Lock herself in his bedroom. And so she's trying to run there. And this guy falls through the skylight. And The skylight again! Yes. And so Nick flies up there. Right into where the skylight would be casting light. Shh. It's early the morning. The sun is not overhead yet. Okay. This is all indirect sunlight. Okay. Well, he still has a skylight that does not have blinds of any kind on it. And that light must pretty much get around most of his apartment during the day. Nick, it's time for an upgrade. I think I think he needs to take care of this because this guy falls through it. It's been 31 it. years. Nick tackles him and that's pretty much the end of that. He's taking care of both the guys. And so he sits down in the doorway with Lisa. And he's okay, like, so at some point between him tackling the first guy and him... Sitting, talking to Lisa, he's regained his sight. Yeah. Because he's making eye contact with Lisa. Right. Well, he heals fast. Except when he gets shot and he has to have Natalie come over. And uh, Anyway. Hold on. He hold heals on. fast. I, ha- I have an explanation for that. Oh, God. I'm so ready for this. He spent the whole time Lisa was sleeping bottling blood. And then at the very end, he uncorks a bottle and takes a big swig. Yeah. He's charged up with fresh blood. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's Whereas got previously he had been drinking the artificial blood. Ah, it's true. The but artificial then- blood was slowing down, was not providing his his body with the necessary nutrients to perform the vampiric uh, feats of biology that are normally normally available to him. And so, by drinking real blood, <laughs> just letting you out of his on this. glass green bottle, <laughs> yep, uh, he he finally had a nutritious meal. <laughs> Hold on, I saw, I saw a meme today. It was, it was uh, on your meme stream? <laughs> what I was, I was. Uh, what, oh, what did we say? It was peddling the meme stream. Uh, peddling, 
peddling the meme stream. <laughs> it was, it was uh, King of the Hill. <laughs> and it was... Um, it was Hank Hill saying something like, no, I don't need a multivitamin. I will be eating a steak later. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay so now, you know, just thank you. Nick, thank you. For, Nick is sitting in this doorway. Thank you for the whole, that whole contribution. <laughs> whatever that this thank you. You're <laughs> She's like, hang on. hang on. Nick is like, you didn't see me flying. You didn't see me flying. And she's like, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> he tries to hypnotize her. It doesn't work. I'm pretty sure it didn't. Ah, uh, come on, Nick. Hey, at least tell me. How can you fly like that? I didn't fly. You did not see me fly. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I'm pretty sure it never works when Nick tries to hypnotize people, so... But she it goes along with, with it. It worked with Daniel. Yeah. But he was maybe eating London. people at that time. Although yeah. he said he hasn't killed anybody in a hundred years. And this would have only been 50 years ago. He hasn't killed anybody that matters in 100 years. Because he's killed like <laughs> three people on the show so He hasn't. Far. He has not drunk anybody. Oh, okay. That's different. Except didn't he drink somebody in one of the episodes? No. No. He I never does. I remember an episode. No, he never does. Maybe it was a flashback. And so she kind of melts down and she's like, this is all my fault. It's my fault. They came here. If I hadn't run in, if I hadn't stolen those comics and run into that guy, he wouldn't have died. And Nick says something pretty insightful. He says his life killed him, not you. I started all of it. Marty Angelo died because he was a thief stealing from thieves. His life killed him, Lisa, not you. Like the drunk driver who killed your mom. His fault, not yours. He made choices that led him to his death, and they were not your choices. He was thieving money from thieves. Yeah, he was stealing money from thieves. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Skanky arrives along with the rest of the precinct, apparently. And one guy's, like, holding one of Nick's glass bricks. And Skanky says, you got any kids? And the guy goes, no. And he goes, get some. That's an order. And so the dad shows up, and the dad takes the little girl home, and it's a big heartfelt moment. And I just want to point out that we never actually investigated this case. <laughs> we, we never dug into the whole mob connection. We didn't solve anything. <laughs> well, hold on, hold no, on, No, wait, on. wait, wait. Before you go, whatever fucking tangent you have <laughs> no, got okay, in the barrel. Just, hang on, hang on. Sure, okay. okay. The same thing I, I told you, you. The same thing I told you before, when we, while we were watching, yeah, was no, the a guy was killed. They found the two guys who killed him dead in Nick's apartment. Yeah, so technically Nick but, solved the case. <laughs> and so Rachel said, "Yeah." But they don't know who hired those two guys to kill Marty. Yeah. 
So technically speaking, Lisa is still a witness to a mob hit. None of that was solved, and they just sent her home with her father. Go home with your daddy. It's fine. I'm sure there's going to be absolutely no retribution. Further retribution after the last... From the mob. After the last two times somebody tried to kill you. Hey, you know what? We'll send you home with that bulletproof vest that you were wearing earlier. Hey! Just make sure you wear it to school like it's America. (laughs) (laughs) It was good, you know. It was good. Good in that it was so fucking bad. So that's it. That's the wrap-up of that episode. We didn't solve the case. We kind of did. Nick solved the case. We didn't solve the case. We... Nick solved the case. Nick, he killed Nick, the bad guys because they came to him, literally, at Nick his house. helped resolve a l- tiny bit of emotional trauma in Lisa's life. After uh, causing well, a significant amount more. And skanky, guilt-tripped Lisa's dad so much that when Lisa and he were leaving and Lisa was like... Oh, I hope you don't have to go back to work soon. He says, well, you and I need to sit down and have a long conversation about that because he's thinking about finding a different job. And they should probably move because she's going to be in danger. She's known to the mob. Which, to be fair, they don't know who she is. They just who knew who Nick was. Right, only the hitmen knew the who the little girl. They don't know even know who she is. Yeah, they were just able to track her. Right, and the only crime that she's a witness to is done. It's already finished. Right. Yeah, there's there's no links back to the higher level mob structure. All right. Well, thanks to Matt's um, helpful contributions, we're at You're like welcome. we're pretty far in, so we're just going to wrap up here. Next week, we'll be coming at you with season one, episode fourteen, which is Spin Doctor, Woo. which was the second lowest rated episode after Dead Air, so it should be another wild mm. ride. Listen, look at the bright side, honey. Every episode that we watch gets us closer to Lacroix. That, that's a good point. It gets us to the. What's his radio name? The Nightcrawler. The Nightcrawler. Yes. Every episode gets us closer to the Nightcrawler. And I'm here for that. I read another article that was talking about um, radio, like late night radio or local radio. And how used to be you would pay for time. So LaCroix is probably paying for his time as the Nightcrawler. Even though he has, he's really only doing it. So he can lecture Nick without actually being there. (laughs) And that usually public radio stations, the people on them are required to do pledge drives every so often, which means that LaCroix must do pledge drives as the Nightcrawler. Hold on. Is this American public radio or Canadian public radio? Uh, I don't know. Somebody weigh in. Would they be that much different? It'd be in the 90s. So I don't know. That could be another thing that's lost time here is how pledge drives worked on Canadian public radio in the 90s. Yeah. But the pod lab is done for news. News, newsy news. I have joined a couple other little 
services, I guess, like Letterboxd and Fable, where I can share books and movies that we're watching, even if we're not necessarily doing them on the pod. And so I'm going to be getting that figured out and getting all that stuff up on there. And then I'll be sharing it for anybody that wants to follow us on there. But we still have all of our regular stuff. So if you go to strangeandbeautiful.club, you can find our Instagram. You can find our Patreon. You can find our submission form. And you can also go anywhere, please, where you can rate us or review us. Just drop a rate or a review. Helps other people find us, pushes us off the algorithm. Spotify, Apple, I think maybe Stitcher does. Stitcher at least tracks subscriptions. If you have other friends that trackable. like, yeah, if you have other friends that like sci fi, fantasy, horror, or um, just casual, nostalgia heavy banter, yeah, feel free to um, force them to listen to us and then make them follow us on Instagram. And if you don't follow us on Instagram yet, follow us on Instagram because I just posted some pictures of the pod lab and it looks pretty freaking sweet. Um, it's one of the few times I've deliberately decorated something with nonsense, like decor that had no purpose. So other than the joy of looking at it. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. Usually I'm like, I'm not going to put that lamp there. Why the fuck do I need a lamp there? I've got a, I've got a light on the ceiling, but. Yeah, Rachel it, deliberately bought a pack of. Minecraft figurines. Yeah. For I, display I, as I put, a Christmas present to herself. Yeah, I put stuff up that had no purpose other than to be pretty, which I was really happy with. Yeah, and all the merchandise that we've bought from Sky Children of the Light. Yeah. And, and we're going to be doing our movie episode a little early this week because we're going to be doing our book talk episode a little late. So I might be doing a switcheroo. Yeah, Kate's switching to Fridays. Just for a bit. Um, so for a bit? I thought that was a permanent thing. I don't know. We'll find out. But we're just, you know what? Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. And as soon as we pop up, you'll see Ba-ding! it. Ba-ding! You'll know. You can listen to us. You know we're going to keep giving you content. We can't not give you content. It's basically like a compulsion. If there's a night where we don't record, I'm like, oh, God, we're behind. E- either we're recording or we're watching. Yeah. We've got a guest coming in another couple of weeks. We do. We do. Yes. We have a guest coming. Hey, you can tell me about it at the same time as you tell the listeners. You know why I don't tell you ahead of time? Because you're going to forget. I'm just going to tell you again. So this way, it gets to be a surprise once. Hey! Hey! <laughs> so It'll be a surprise the next time you mention yeah, it, Yeah, and you know what? If you follow us on Instagram, you'll find out all about it. So I guess we'll just leave it at that for tonight because we're running a little over and feeling a little punchy. So running over what I try to keep the forever night episodes below an hour and a half. What? So remember, this is your part. You got to do it now. So remember, I just signed up for fable. I I did see a reel saying that cringe culture is dead. So you need to love what you do, love who you are. And I was like, God, we sign off with that every single time. I am such a trendsetter. You know, the trends. Before the the trends. No, I don't. However, I never believed cringe culture was a real thing anyway, so happy to see that that may be on its way out. Anyways, remember. Sometimes the strangest things. (laughs) I know it. Oh. I'm just playing. Are you? I'm just playing. (laughs) 
props own eyelid open with fingers. I'm just, I'm just shitty. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I got you. I was just egging you on. Listen, I'm listening to you. I am paying attention. Sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. Just to fart the microphone. You are such a dick. You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network podcast, a network of shows focusing on unscripted discussions that promote positive but honest engagement with all the weird and wonderful topics that make our hearts happy. I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to all our listeners. Your continuous support and engagement mean the world to us. So if you're enjoying the show, make sure to spread the love. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Strange and Beautiful Network to stay updated on the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes peaks, and exclusive content from all our shows. You can also find additional ways to support this show on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strange and beautiful network. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to bonus episodes, early releases, our Discord channel, and other exciting perks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.